Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? Curiosity Stream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, give the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. Every Tuesday, live from 8pm UK time, Luke, Gary, and a couple of microphones. This is Custard TV Live. It is the Custard TV Live that mentioned Gary there, but he's not here. He's, he's sunning himself in England somewhere. Should be good, shouldn't it, with all the rain they're having at the moment. Uh, so I'm again, just like last week, joined by my friend and yours, Mr. Matthew Donnelly. Hello, Mr. Matthew Donnelly. Hello, Luke. How are you? Oh, OK. Do you notice you don't know my surname? Well, you do, probably, but we shan't use it. I'm, oh, I'm you like quite... to be mysterious. You like yeah. to be like... Cher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Gaga, I'm like. <laughs> or a or, uh, chef from South Park. Yeah. Yeah, so um, have you been watching TV this week? A little bit, yeah. That's handy. Uh, yeah. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be chatting about the best and the worst on TV this week. Every um, Tuesday, live. Oh, hang on. That song is playing again Gary somehow. I don't know why. Now, uh, that's a shame. I love that theme music, and now you've heard it twice accidentally. Um, right. So we're going to be talking about the best and the worst on TV this week, and we set a question on Twitter, which was. Is there too much period drama on TV? Now, I've had one response to this, yeah. and I received it quite early in the morning, and I'm just going to read it aloud and see what response it gets from you, Mr. Matthew Donnelly. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was from Gary Lucas on Twitter, and I asked, is there too the much Gary period Lucas, drama? Or... No, I don't know what his <laughs> Twitter name is. What a picture is his Twitter name. And I said, is there too much period drama on TV? He said, yes, there is too much period drama on TV. It should only be on once a month. Hmm. Uh, don't agree with that, I don't think. No, I think, I th- that's, I think that's a joke that a I don't get. Yes. Oh, period. Yes, yeah, see, see, it was too early in the morning for me to get it. I thought <laughs> you might have been sharper. Um, but yeah, so thank you, Gary, for... Waking me up this morning after I realised that you weren't saying you only want Downton Abbey on once a month. Um, right, so, well, the first thing we, I want to talk to you about, it was back on Thursday, the choir Sing While You Work with Gareth Smiley Face Malone. I've loved... Yeah, he is. How does he get younger every series? <laughs> what is he doing to get younger every series? He's singing. A lot. But yeah. But it didn't work for Susan Boyle. <laughs> well, she's actually 85, so... <laughs> yeah, or the aforementioned Cher. 
But yeah, I mean, the, the, do you agree that there's just something quite nice about him? Yeah, he's a very sort of intriguing character, isn't he? Very, very twee, I would say, with his bow tie, always go, you know, joyous, wanting everybody to sing, you know, not letting the modern world get him down, I suppose. I, I think, you know, and I hope this never happens, Matt, but I, I would hope that if ever I had to give you some bad news, yeah. I would hire Gareth Malone to deliver that news because I think it would be less traumatic to you. I think he, he could just about say anything. He'd be saying, you know, your arm's gone gangrenous, and you'd be going, that's good. Thanks for telling me, Gareth. Thanks, I Gareth. appreciate that. Yeah, he's a nice lad, isn't he? No, do a verse of Stand By Me and try and fix my <laughs> Lean off me. Stand by <laughs> yeah. me. You should stand by If I've gone gangrenous, you should really... You shouldn't lean on me at all. Um, <laughs> just walk us through the premise of Sing While You Work. How does it differ from the previous choir series we've seen? Well, every episode of Sing While You Work, uh, Gareth's in a different workplace. And then uh, last Thursday's episode was set in... Uh, Lewisham's NHS Trust where he went around the hospital trying to get a choir together as he always does some people wanted to some people didn't and then he got his 30 strong choir together they sung a couple of songs got better as it went on and then did a, a nice little performance at the end nice little performance nice little performance of uh, nice Everybody Hurts the, the, and, but the thing was I was a little bit concerned because other episodes other series of the choir have been four episodes focused mm -hmm. on one place and I was worried they were going to try to jam four episodes worth of choir into each of the of the four separate episodes yeah. and actually I don't think it was hurt by that much at all really I felt a little bit I think it was a little bit rushed because they just tried to throw a lot at you really really quickly like oh these are some of the characters that are in the choir these you know we'll just have the choir straight away you know we won't have Gareth sort of flipping around for a bit beforehand and then you know we'll we'll get straight onto the singing and everyone's brilliant we won't have any problems with it but it, it all it sort of came together but I did feel it was a, a tad rushed and but also I like the there was mention to the fact that when he wasn't there conducting the choir he did get a local guy in yeah like renter Gareth that actually happens in the second episode as well, which I've Spoiler! seen. Spoiler! Spoiler! <laughs> he well, goes he's, he's four places at once in this series, Luke, so I think it's Bless even him. too he's much for a great man like Gareth Malone to uh, to cram in all the choir rehearsals, because I'm assuming all four episodes take place at the same time as, as they're building up to a competition at the end, which I, uh, I didn't mention at the beginning. They all, <laughs> at the end, all four choirs will compete and one will be chosen as the best works choir. There's something nice, and it gave me a, a, a good feeling. There is something nice about seeing a group of people singing. I, I see the appeal of it. I really like Gareth. I really enjoyed all the previous choir uh, series that we've had. But I did find tiny bits of this, and we spoke about it off the air. Yeah, that's what you and I do that me and Gary don't. That's yeah. What yeah, that's that's the difference. We have a connection, whereas he's just <laughs> he's the voice on the end of a Skype line. <laughs> um, but um, there was a little bit of a, a thing where the camera would be positioned, and you'd see various member of this members of this NHS choir singing, literally as the title says, while they worked, which was a little contrived and a little bit planned and a little bit unnecessary. 
especially when singing to a newborn baby like they had in the uh, NHS one where they had a neonatal nurse who was singing to a, a little newborn, wasn't she? A little newborn? Little, a tiny one. It was really tiny. <laughs> I thought they shipped it in from somewhere. It was so small. <laughs> I think my sister had bigger dolls than that baby. Um, well, uh, and that bit I found a little bit, you know, unnecessary. I know that song, the show's called Listen While You Work. Do you feel, though, that, that because the choir's been on now since about 2005, that the, the format strained, or are, are you still as intrigued um, as you were when it started with the choir and the boys don't sing, and then we had the unsung town, then we had um, military wives. So is it a little bit formatted now, or do you still... It is formulaic to an extent. You know what you're getting, but if you liked what you saw before, then you'll like this. And as you say, Gareth is a very watchable figure, and he's still still very watchable, and... I think there's, you know, room for it. I think people like it, and it brings a little joy into their lives, as as we've mentioned. But I mean, it's a, there's not much uplifting, genuinely uplifting TV on at the moment. Well, at, no. at all, uh, since they got rid of In the Night Garden, and I just think Bake <laughs> <laughs> Off's quite nice. I know you don't watch that, but well, we're comp- the reason I don't watch that Matthew right. Donnelly is we're competing with it. Oh, we are competing. Yeah, stop What's mentioning it? our competitors. It's not that good. I know, it's rubbish. They don't even talk about the choir on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's some, there are a few uplifting shows, but on the yeah. whole, the choir is the best one. And I just, I think Gareth is quite a genuine character, although yeah. things around him might be a bit formulaic and a bit slightly contrived. I think he is still a genuine character. He's still a genuine person. He's off to America as well. He's doing it in America, isn't he? I'll be interested to see how he gets on. I think yeah. they'll love him. They're going to love him because he's so, you know, so British. quintessentially British. That, that I wouldn't be surprised if he's actually eaten by someone in Alabama. <laughs> just They just smother him and love him so much. But also he's got a genuine passion. Still, yeah. a, what comes across as a genuine passion for what he's doing. And... and uh, in- Sorry, and in every episode, it seems that he wants to use the singing for some reason. Like in the first, in the NHS one, he wants them to get their emotions across because he thinks they're repressing them for you know for obvious reasons in a hospital when delivering bad news. He wants the singing to unite them as well because they're all from different parts of the hospital. So he thinks the singing does have a purpose to it, and it does to an extent. I, mm. I enjoy it. Uh, moving on. Okay. I was going to do a, a lovely segue there, but I thought, no, let's just say moving on. Of course, had I not explained that, we would have already moved on and on to the <laughs> next thing. Uh, right, uh, moving on. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about uh, the other singing thing that everybody is sort of watching, but not... Oh, actually, b- before, we, before we go on to that, let's go back a bit. Choir did well in the ratings when it debuted it did. on Thursday, didn't it? It did. I haven't got the exact number. I know I tweeted it to you, didn't you I? You did, when... and I was hoping that you kept everything you tweet to me in a little cabinet. <laughs> I think <laughs> it was two, 2.39, perhaps, yeah. I want to say. Now, we speculated whether the cancellation of The Good Cop would be the reason for that, but I think people people now know The Choir and Gareth, and I think, especially with the um, high profile that he got during the Jubilee with the military wives and yeah, that whole Gary Barlow... 
collaboration that helped. So yeah, that did well, and hopefully it'll do well for the rest of the series. Right, Matthew, are you ready to move on? Uh, yeah, why not? Don't interrupt <laughs> me again. Um, <laughs> it's uh, we're now at boot camp oh. stage of the X Factor. I was saying before, it's the only part of the X Factor I never remember about. I always think it goes auditions, judges, homes, homes now. Yeah, not uh, houses. Do you think that's because of the popularity of Sherlock? Yes. I reckon so. What you know more about that? It's because it's not where they actually live. It's just there. No, yeah, because I think when it originally started, probably I don't know for how many series they did actually used to do it in their homes. Because if you remember, Louis always went to Ireland, and I remember Sharon Osbourne always had it at their house in. I love the fact that Louis always went to Ireland because they, they go, "You're going to Saint Tropez. You're going to <laughs> Miami. You're off to Dublin." Uh, oh, yeah, this year, um, though, he's looked out of Louis off to Las Vegas. God. Mind you, he is upping his profile. He's on the American exchange yeah. as well. So maybe maybe he filmed it while he was there, save on the... Lost a bit of Irish, that. though, didn't he, on the American? Oh, he did. Yeah, but, but that was for the sake of the American public. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, so boot camp is the bit I always forget. But actually, when I was watching it on Saturday, it is one of the most intriguing parts of it. Because yeah. even people who did decent auditions were terrible. They want to create that story, though, don't they? They want to create that jeopardy. Um, they had, I believe, Lucy Spraggan was one, and yeah. is it Jermaine? Jermaine? We're calling him Jimmy. Jimmy for the sake of this podcast. <laughs> we know that's not his name, but we don't want to demean yeah. him any further. But he's the he's the guy who did sort of like a Nina Simone thing, but then yeah. couldn't get his head around moves like Jagger. It was moves like Jagger that, that threw all of them. Everyone. Actually, it just goes to show Maroon 5 incredibly talented. Because yeah. they can sing that and nobody else appears to be able to. Uh, it was just a mess. But they did do that thing where you know they're going to get through because mm. their auditions were so good. But they did that thing of come forward to the front of the stage. Yeah. And I'm, I'm afraid that you're going to have to go through it all again. See, that Saturday episode for me, a lot of it I could have done without, really. Yeah. I could have just seen one episode with all the good singers, the Sunday one that we got. But I, th I think the good parts of it were Gary's claws came out a little bit. He was getting yeah. tired. He was like he was like an, a version of me in the telly going, Come on! <laughs> raise your Be game! Good. I've got fish and chips here, come on! I didn't get this for nothing. Um, <laughs> Be a good accompaniment to it. And yeah. um, they also had Nicole Scherzinger, who actually I warmed to slightly, I must admit. With the, what were they called, the light bulb thieves were giving us some, uh, some gif. <laughs> yes. I know you like that name for the group, don't you? Yes. You're upset about the light bulb thieves getting across. <laughs> yeah. So, unscrewed. Yeah, she, I warmed to her, and I was really blown away by Talisa having blonde hair. I didn't like that. That's yeah. a, they, they need to accent that on the judging panel. Well, I think just because they look too alike, maybe, her and Nicole, yeah. it's it's very similar hair colour they both got. And I think Tulisa was blonde before, so it's like, yeah, for the sake of sort of Jones. separating you, let you go back to blonde and we'll have Nicole having her dark hair still. We won't, we won't spoil um, who um, got what category, because you may not no. have seen it yet. But... What about the the homeless the homeless guy? Because there was a lot of press about him and them not being able to find him. And then 
he go he does his audition, doesn't know the words and sort of disappears. Was that T V effect or was that a I don't I didn't like that. I thought it was like we're not gonna be able to find a place we, we sort of know who we want to get through to Judge's houses. I don't think we've got a place for him. Let's just, you know, find a way we can get out of having this homeless man not get through to the next round without us looking like, you know, complete, you know, horrible people. And that, I suppose, was the only way they can do it with that, with him voluntarily walking out. So the next stage is Judge's Homes. Mm. I like next year's just to be called Judge's Pads. I, and actually, controversially, I don't know if you've heard this, one of the groups... Uh, had visa issues and have now uh, been been cut and replaced with two other groups that didn't get through. Do you know that happens every year somebody's yeah. got an issue and they replace them. So yeah. what we'll get on the first live show is Louis or whoever going around to somebody's house going somebody dropped out, I know you weren't good enough but you are all of a sudden now because we need that, you. That usually happens after Judges Homes though. This is This is going to boot camp because He's obviously in Vegas, and they had visa issues, you know, traveling to America, so they couldn't do the judges' homes. Wow. Whereas, had he stayed in this country, they'd be fine for it. So, technically, it's Louis' fault. Yeah. Another thing to lay at the feet of Louis Walsh. Yeah. I love the... American the American uh, visa system. Because we also had the return of Simon Cowell, didn't we, briefly, on Sunday briefly, night? Briefly, yeah. He, he, looked, uh, he looked well. Yeah. <laughs> Having his like uh, very serious chats with the uh, the judges with uh, Louis Walsh calling him Lulu, I thought that was a nice uh, little do, touch. Do you know what I found a little bit annoying, and I still do, is yeah. every year when the X Factor comes back, they they go through the same patterns, as if they're doing it for people that are tuning into the show for the first time. Yeah, I don't think there is anyone. That's tuning into the X Factor for the first time ever. That needs spoon feeding and told how its process works and, you know, what to expect. I, I just don't think there's anyone on the planet. Newborn babies, perhaps. Mm. But they're still getting their heads around, you know, how to eat with a spoon. They don't care. Uh, do but newborn babies eat with a spoon? I'm not sure. I haven't no, got I don't one. Know. We're, we're, more <laughs> TV, we're more TV based than baby based. Yeah. We just learned that. <laughs> Um, so you get a load of letters now from angry from angry mothers going, my child's a baby, he's never eaten with a spoon yet. Well, I think um, they get it given to them in a spoon, don't they? They do the whole air airplane thing, you know, with the let me put this spoon in your mouth type thing. If you'd like to listen to Matt's Mother Care podcast, he's on every <laughs> Sunday from now. <laughs> <laughs> but then the... The ratings weren't that good, even for the boot camp, as we've been taught. You know, we've talked about them sort of on now, and off how well it's doing. Do you think they're going to continue to drop, or do you think, like me, people are just strangely? I, I'm one of these people. Uh, yeah. More interested in where it's going to go with the live uh, shows. Yeah, because there is a lot of sort of, you know people who aren't going to get through, and you know they're not going to get through, and they maybe just want to see. Now, from now on, like the final 24, who was considered the most talented, see how they do and things like that. But then there's people who want to follow their story from the first, you know, from the from the get go. I, I think the, the reason the ratings are going down is because people feel like they know what happens at the auditions. They sort yeah. of know what happens with the boot camp, and they'll just join it when it's live. 
and and because they they want to hear the sing the sing songs. Sing people songs. Gonna, people are going to do ditties live, and that's yeah. what people like. So and it's also been confirmed that. And also, what I have to say, I didn't like JLS turning up at the boot camp at the start. You did. I didn't. No. All right. Why not? Just thought J- JLS. That's a little bit obvious. Yeah, and I like how they were talking about, you know, you've got to win this and stuff, and they came second, that was mine. And also I like the fact that they called it a chance of a lifetime, when really it happens every year. Yeah, and there was at least four people who were there, who who got as far as judges' homes last year. Yeah, who were getting their second chance of a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. So I don't quite get it. Follow us on Twitter at, at LukeCustardTV and at The Gary Show. And Matt's Twitter wasn't on there, but if you'd like to talk to Matt... Follow us on Twitter um, presumably at... about... Um, I don't know why these Thanks. are playing more than once. Presumably about babies, uh, yeah. then you are more than welcome. Just get in touch with him now. Uh, his, t- his Twitter name is... At Matt's TV Bites. That is Matt with two Ts. Yeah, and mind if you missed it on that jingle there, at Luke Custard TV. So speaking of Twitter, uh, we asked you, is there too much period drama on TV? Are you being overdosed by bonnets and horses and carts and scare electrics? I presume they will make an appearance in the next episode of Downton Abbey. Um, you had some genuine responses on this, didn't you? How did the consensus feel about... Okay, I've got one uh, from Jay who said there isn't enough good costume drama on TV. Some of it is a bit pants. Uh, you would probably argue that most of it's pants, Luke, I, I would say. Well, uh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say pants, I'd say long trousers. Ah, yes. <laughs> Pantaloons. <laughs> yeah, but, I, well, no, I mean, I, I did like, it depends what period we're going back to. I think if, we, if it's all like Mr. Darcy and, and that sort I've got another long one if you would like me to read it. It's from my friend, from my friend Vicky, who is a English literature teacher and and a big fan of the costume drama. And this is what she said: the past has an aura of romanticism about it that is very alluring. Relationships of all kind were governed by social rules that no longer exist, and there's something comforting in that concept when the real world is so lacking in moral fortitude. There's also a beauty and glamour to a world where women always wore skirts. She's go. very eloquent. Is she free on a she Tuesday night? Out. Sorry? Is she free on a Tuesday night? She's the most What's eloquent thing me? we've... Yeah, probably. Well, it's the most eloquent thing we've ever had said on this podcast. <laughs> no, I, I, I appreciate it, but I don't, I don't think now... I maybe get a load of abuse for this, but I don't think... Maybe period dramas just aren't for men. Yeah... I mean, something like um, Crimson Petal and the White or um, even Parade's End, which had just finished on Friday, and I quite enjoyed that. I think, but there are some that are very much tailored to to women, like you said. I I just don't know. I just think the BBC... And also, they cost a lot of money to Mm. make BBC. You know, I just wonder whether it's... But they bring in the viewers, so maybe it's just me. Maybe... Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, 
It's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Because the highest rated TV drama episodes so far this year were the uh, premiere of the recent Downton Abbey series. And before that was an episode of Call the Midwife. So they do rake in the viewers. They do. And I, I think a lot of it goes back to escapist yeah, definitely uh, escapism, and that's what I would say, because I think a lot of people do watch the TV just to get away from real life, so things like Good Cop and Accused and Line of Duty won't, wouldn't appeal to them as much as Downton Abbey or like the Paradise like we've got on tonight. And the, so. and the aforementioned uh, In Their Night Garden. <laughs> in Their <laughs> Night Garments. Yeah, oh, nice one, Matthew, you can stay. <laughs> Uh, for that sort of comedy value, it's worth having you on. Uh, so that brings us to the paradise. This is the latest uh, BBC One uh, period drama. Firstly, in your opinion, Tuesday night for a period drama, is that a mistake? Um, I don't know, because Sunday night, it would be straight ahead with Downton Abbey. So it would just it would just lose out. Whereas Tuesday, I would say, is certainly a better night than Friday, which was when Parade's End was on. And... As we always say, it's got its lead-in from uh, Holby City. So uh, You should uh, say from the Custard TV podcast. Yes, okay, yes. But we're, the Paradise isn't isn't coming on after us, is it? It's not coming on, Depending you know. Depending on what they choose to watch. I mean, it <laughs> But they have got that lead-in, haven't they? So mm. I think that's where they try to put the drama, because Accused was on previously on a Tuesday night. Um and I'm not sure what else has been on Tuesday nights, but they do put a, tend to put a lot of drama. That's probably their big drama night, is it not, Tuesdays? Well, well it well, is, but I just wonder. I th- I always think that uh, period drama is got Sunday. Sunday after your bath, you put your period Is that your weekly bath? Well, no, I, I have some twice a week. Oh, okay, um, that's good. Yeah, depending on how dirty I've got. Which <laughs> um, means sometimes I don't need to have one at all. Um, (laughs) that's terrible yeah so I won't be watching um, The Paradise but you have seen it so you've seen it you've seen it as well have you not well I've seen yeah I've seen it but what I mean is I won't be watching it live no Um, neither will I I mean how do you feel how did you feel about it I mean I I made you watch it because you know (laughs) one of us has got to how did you feel about watching something like that for the sake of watching it. Yeah. I mean, because I do watch... It's not that I, I've got a big aversion to costume dramas. I, I do watch Downton Abbey, and I did watch Call the Midwife, and I think they're both quite pleasant escapism. But for this, I found it quite a bit slow, and I found the uh, the two central characters, I didn't really find anything particularly to like about them. As as you say, they spent a lot of money of it on it, so it all looks really, really good. And uh, Sarah Lancashire is really good in it as well. She plays the uh, the head of ladies' fashions in it. But I did. It didn't really do much for me on the whole. I'd have to say. 
Yeah, but if it is, but but the thing is, I think the one thing you can say about period drama is if you like it, then you're gonna like the you're gonna like any period drama that comes on, really, aren't you? Yeah, I would. But say. I, I mean, I I'd say I like some, but not others. So I'm a bit contrary like that. I you know, um, but definitely this, definitely the paradise. I think is tailored more towards ladies because of the shopping element because it's set in the paradise is a department store uh it's set somewhere in yorkshire i'm not sure where um well you you say that but maybe a, ma a male character will come into the paradise and buy some trainers in episode two. Oh, maybe yeah, yeah. but there that is a central male character who's sort of the dashing cad of the paradise the owner of the shop who all the women uh, have relations with at some point, even though it's frowned upon. So. Um, oh yes, it would be. It'd be frowned upon. Um, but it's written by Bill Gallagher, who previously brought us uh, Lock Rise to Candleford, and he obviously had some bonnets left over and thought. Let's which, was on the which was which on was the Sunday. Which was on the Sunday. And which was axed as as well because he said he didn't want to write any more. And, and it annoys me because they're, they're doing the same with this new drama, Hunted, which, okay, isn't spooks, but feels a lot like spooks. And The Paradise just feels a lot like Lot Rise to Candleford, really, part two. With shops. With shops. Yeah, with Woolworths. That's what well, they have more, it did have shops in Lot Rise, but it's all, all the shops together in one big shop, I'd say. Yeah. What a great summary of that program you've yeah. just given us. All the shops <laughs> together in one big shop. One like, big a, shop. Like, a, yeah. like a shopping centre, you would say. If you will, yes. Um, also tonight, uh, after you've watched The Paradise, if you so want to, uh, BBC Three are hoping that they will um, continue their comedy streak. Bad Education's gone down really well, and they're hoping that Cuckoo, um, Starring Helen Baxendale, Greg Davis, and a guy from Saturday Night Live whose name's gone completely out of my head. Andy uh, Sam. That's him. That's him. I need you like in 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 a feed <laughs> like they have on this morning, just telling me things in my ear. No, Luke. That's that's a that's a souffle, not a cheesecake. Um, yeah, Andy Samberg, Helen Baxendale, and Greg Davis together in and a new sitcom. Outnumbered. Sorry. Yeah, Tiger Honey Drew from Outnumbered in a new series called Cuckoo. It's about a girl who uh, goes on a gap year sort of thing, meets this guy, um, comes home to meet her parents from this holiday or gap year, and the poets discover she's not only met this guy, but she's married him, and he's just a really peculiar, uh, at one with himself and at one with nature sort of... Hippie. Uh, hippie, yeah. I just, I know the point of Cuckoo is to find him really irritating, but I found yeah. him so irritating that it ruined my enjoyment of the programme. I would agree with you there, yes. But I did think that uh, Baxendale and Greg Davis did make a very believable sort of middle-aged couple. I they thought did, that's but where... she, she, her character went a bit dopey towards the middle of it as well, and I sort of lost yeah. her. I was with her right up until she liked Cuckoo. Yeah, uh, right, yeah but, but then I lost her. And the thing is, without giving too much away... Once you get past episode one, I have an, a horrible feeling, but a correct yeah. one, because when have I been wrong on the podcast, mm. that um, <laughs> that this is just going to be the similar plot every week of of Greg Davis's character trying to rid Cuckoo of her, of out of their lives, and you did say they should have a, a catchphrase like "Oh Cuckoo," <laughs> trying to get Cuckoo out of the nest, maybe. You are on fire tonight. <laughs> 
Uh, I should be paying you for what you're delivering tonight. Um, it's almost like you write for a living. Uh, almost, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I agree with you on on Cuckoo. I thought Greg Davis is a good sort of comedy foil for a sort of really annoying character, but Andy Samberg is a bit over the top. If there's one sure. great, if there's one good thing about it, it is um, Greg Davis. Greg, Greg, Greg Davis, yeah. Definitely, I would agree with that. Um, and it's also nice to see a sitcom set in Litchfield, which is just down the road from me. So yeah, well, I don't think that's that important. Bless you. Um, <laughs> the, the little uh, things. But the annoying thing is about it is it does have potential, but it is quickly ruined. And I know British comedy does irritating characters quite well, and the audience eventually falls for them. But I just think we're all going to want to attack Cuckoo with a rusty nail. We're not going to want to take him to our hearts after a couple of episodes. No, but he's much. See, Andrew Sandberg's an interesting choice because he's he's much loved in America, I believe. But he's not really a name over here yet, so no. it seems quite an odd choice. I think even after is... Cuckoo, we won't have to worry about being a name over there, over in the UK, yeah. really. <laughs> but I, oh, I just don't know. I found it irritating. Uh, I quite enjoyed went... bad, bad education in comparison. was quite enjoyable, but this yeah. was a bit hit and miss. Yeah, mostly miss. Unless we <laughs> could actually hit Cuckoo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you went to the Emmys on Sunday, didn't you? Well, I didn't go. Yeah, you, for the sake of the podcast, you did. Okay, yes. That's a waste of American Airlines flight. went to the Emmys, yes. Go on, what happened? Uh, some uh, TV shows won some awards, Luke. But uh, Home- Homeland was the big winner. It won four awards. Uh, Damien Lewis, Claire Danes, both won for their roles. Uh, the director won, and it won Best Drama Series, beating... Uh, Mad Men, which usually wins, and Breaking Bad, which uh, had its last season. Uh, Aaron Paul won for Breaking Bad, Best Supporting Actor, and Maggie Smith uh, won for Downton Abbey for Best Supporting Actress. The comedy category was mainly won by uh, people from Modern Family, Eric Stone Street, who plays Cameron, Julie Bowen as well, uh, and it won comedy series, and it won writing. Uh, John Cryer from Two and a Half Men won Best Comedy Actor and one that I'm quite happy about because I quite enjoy Veep, Julia Louise Dreyfus won uh, Best Comedy Actress and, and you, all- you, you spotted somebody at the Emmys now if you had oh. said to me which one of these people would be at the Emmys I would say uh, I would say Kermit the Frog Roland Rapp but not Patrick Kilty yes Patrick Kilty was there with his supposed I believe fiance. Kat Dealey, who was nominated for Best Reality TV Show Host, a category that hasn't made it to the BAFTAs yet, uh, and she was beaten by the guy who hosts uh, Dancing with the Stars, so they're Bruce Forsyth. I don't yeah, know his name. His name is Tom... Tom... Tom. Well, let's call him Tom. I know I'm the first name turns with him. <laughs> his name's Tom. Uh, it'll come to me when we finish the podcast. Yeah, but on the whole, I find these award ceremonies very irritating. Mm. And, and Jimmy Kimmel know. hosted this year, and he wasn't really there to lift the mood. He was very much sort of taking the mick out of the Emmys the entire time, just saying, you know, we've still got this long to go. I'm sorry if you're bored. And it's like, well, you're meant to be making me a little bit more entertained. You know, you're meant to be raising my spirits, and instead you're just sort of making me realise that I've got 
you know, to stay up till four in the morning. I know he's not talking to the UK audience per se, but that's how I feel. So you had like a guy from accused moment where you thought Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel was actually talking to you. Yeah. He didn't tell you. Well, to, to be fair, though. So. Yeah, to be fair. <laughs> I want to touch on Hotel GB, which is on Channel Four from Monday onwards. Uh, it was originally called Hotel Britannia, and it features some of Channel Four's biggest, and I'll put this in uh, question, uh, quotation marks, personalities. Which mm. means, watch out, people! They're going to shout and swear at you. Um, and He's on at nine, so. Yeah, so Gordon can get away with all the effing and jeopardy fancies. Um, it's Gordon Ramsay in the kitchen of a fictional Channel 4 hotel. Mary Porter's on reception of a fictional Channel 4 hotel. Uh, Katie Piper in the spa of a fictional Channel 4 hotel. Uh, Christian, Dr. Christian, yes, sorry, I forgot he was the doctor there for a minute. Dr. Christian examining the embarrassing bodies that wander into the gym of the fictional hotel. But it does have a purpose. Yes. Which is? Did you want, did you want me to say the purpose? Which yeah, is... I, th- I think you, you're the official purpose-sayer of the podcast. The official purpose-sayer is um, it's giving unemployed people a break to uh, work in a hotel, see if they can take the strain of working maybe for Gordon Ramsay in the kitchen or for the, uh, for the lovely Hilary DeVay in the gift shop. Uh, and at the end, if they've done well, uh, they may actually get offered jobs in this hotel, as it is a fully functioning hotel. Real people are staying there. All the uh, money that's raised from the stay is going to uh, unemployment charities. So it is an actual actual thing. I feel like I was taking purpose. the mick of it a bit, but I think actually I'm really looking forward to it because I like Mary Portis, I like Gordon Ramsay. I think it could be Channel 14 to do these things quite well, so I think it could be quite good and quite entertaining. Kirsty and, and Phil are there as well, got one. I know, Kirsty and Kim, Phil. Kim of Kim and Aggie. Yeah, I'd much prefer Aggie of, if I had to have one of the two. <laughs> um, but I, I think if you're unemployed and you can withstand Gordon Ramsay shouting at you in the kitchen, I think you should get a job at the end of it. Yeah, or, or I suppose it's how prize. competent they are, isn't it? It's how... Yeah. Like they did the uh, the thing with Nick and Margaret earlier in the year, the town that never retired, and they had old people and you know job seekers both looking for jobs, and at the end they took some of the old people on, they took some of the younger people on. That's so a I... spoiler. If you haven't seen that from June, then um, that's spoiler that for you. Um, <laughs> well, but yeah, I, I think Channel Four do these was... things. Sorry. Yeah, Channel Four did these things really well. And I think yeah. this will be interesting. I hope they don't focus too much on, you know, the personalities and we do get to see some interesting characters and some... I hope we, what I hope we get from it is some... I'm sure we're going to get tension, but I hope they're genuinely moments of tension and not amped up reality TV tension. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, but it is all sort of, you know, it's contrived, isn't it? They will they will do some things like that, I expect, but um, it will be good. And as you say, over five, every night next week at nine o'clock, so it'll be something to, something to see. It'll be one of those event shows, as they call them. To my knowledge, Channel 4 hasn't done that for, for a while. I can't um, think of the last event show they had. I know they're doing Drugs Live as well, where people are literally 
go to take drugs on live yeah. television. It's the same, isn't it? Yeah. The live files. I'm so. booked in for the Dispron edition, though. Lemon sip for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take a whole box of Rennies and just become <laughs> calcium overload. <laughs> just chew on a load of Remigel and see if you can get yeah. the entire pack in an hour. Luke does Bongella. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, as as we say, Hotel GB, as it as it was Hotel Britannia, Hotel GB starts Monday from nine and runs all week long. All week long on Channel Four, is there going to be like a Hotel GB extra on More Four, or are they just, as far as you know, are they just it's a doing trip there? Aren't they, I think. No, not like it. No. no I more quite like the idea of the cameras being in the rooms, like they like they did on the two series of the hotel. Um, yeah, that'd be good. So they you can hear them talking about oh, so in you know. Isn't it good but, to have something so serving you breakfast and things like that? Yeah, but I hope it's not one of these where each night one of them is voted off because we're so aware and so familiar with that concept. I hope it's not about that. I doubt it, given that I, I assume there'd be a certain amount of people working in, say, the kitchen and in the gift shop and in the, you know, doing the maid service or on reception. I assume that, you know, there'd be too many people to do a vote off, but... You don't know, do you? No, I don't. That's why I asked you, Matt. All right. And I don't know either. It would appear that we've wasted two minutes of the podcast to come to the same conclusion I have. We'll never and get there's no extra minutes. show on more for after the Hotel GB. They're showing my brother the murderer. So there you go. Oh, is he out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. There's okay. a whole documentary um, about him on more for next week. Good. I'm yeah. happy for you. <laughs> and for him. Um, other things that are worth mentioning, James Nesbitt, Sarah Parrish, and a new addition to the cast, Neil Pearson, will be on your TV screens next Monday in the second series of Peter Boker's medical drama series, Monroe, where James Nesbitt does a fantastic job, actually, as a believable um, neurosurgeon. A lot of people said when this was on last year, is this a British attempt at House? No, it's not, because on House... They've always got some awful disease that he cures them from and, you know, he doesn't know quite how he's going to do it, but by the last five seconds he manages it and they they can drink Starbucks again and Play remember what book. a donut... Yeah. So I just think to say that is really damning of the writing and the performances in Monroe. Did you see the first series? I saw a couple of the, the first series and I quite enjoyed them. It just it wasn't something that I kept up with, but... As you say, it's well written. Peter Bowker writes it, and I quite like his uh, his stuff. And James Nesbitt does a really good central performance. And I do like Neil Pearson, so I will be tuning in for at least the first episode to see. Yeah, and don't worry, actually, if you're like Matthew and you have... Well, I keep calling you Matthew. You're not in trouble. If you're like <laughs> Matt and you haven't seen uh, past a couple of episodes of Series 1... Don't let that put you off. There wasn't a cliffhanger per se at the end of the last series, and they do sort of introduce it as a new as a new series. They've got a lot of new characters, a lot of familiar faces you'll recognise, uh, like Neil Pearson and um, Lisa Millet, who I know from yeah. things like Early Doors and things like that. She's, Tracy she's Ann Oberman well. is in it now, and Tracy Ann Oberman from EastEnders all those years ago. So yeah, you'll recognise some faces. It's really well done. It's a bit light. Uh, but actually, the, there's some genuine, interesting medical things to it. 
but you're not going to not be able to follow it. You know, it's not like House where you have to piece yeah. it together. And we haven't had like a, a sort of medical series for a while, in the way we've had quite a lot of police shows and period dramas like we were talking about earlier. You know, with the exception of Casualty and Holby, there's not really been that big like medical series. No, I think Bodies was the last one that Bodies. I actually loved with a passion. I, I very nearly went to to Vegas to marry my Bodies DVD and they were they said it was frowned upon. Oh. Um, but yeah, so that that is something to look forward to on Monday. So what will you do? Will you will you you know Sky Plus or tape Hotel Britannia or GB and then watch Monroe or what would you do? Um, I'll probably, yeah, I'll probably watch Monroe. Well, you can watch them both on Plus One, can't you? There's Plus One channels now. Mm. And four seven. One plus one. And four seven, yeah. But that would be quite confusing, won't it? Because then, if you're watching Mondays on 4-7, then Tuesdays is on normal Channel 4. I'd, it'd be... Don't, you'll give me a brain hemorrhage and I'll have to visit Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, to, to go back just briefly so we can bring conclusion to it, would you think that British TV would be at a loss if we sort of said no more period drama or or just one period drama a year like Downton Abbey or Emma or one of the Dickens adaptations? Would you miss um, it if there wasn't much of it? I don't know. I <clears throat> I like sort of, if it's good, if it's good quality drama, it doesn't bother me whether it's a period drama or a Monday drama. So if it was good period drama, then I would say, you know, put it on whenever. Uh, personally, I think there's a, a good balance at the moment, uh, but Downton Abbey probably would be the one that if there was just one, that I would say put it on, because I think people enjoy it because, unlike the other ones, it's not based on a literary work, so people don't know what's going to happen next, I suppose that's the uh, the appeal of something like Downton. Well, thank you, Matt, and thank you to everybody who's tuned in. Uh, this has been the Custard TV Podcast. I should say, though, if you're after great quality art, design or voiceovers, go to my friend patscullion.co.uk website and sort you out with that. We'll be back next Tuesday from 8pm with the sidekick Gary or Matt, depending on which one is free, um, next Tuesday to discuss the latest and greatest on TV. You can download this podcast from thecustardtv.com very shortly telling your friends about it and if you want to speak to Matt at some point during the week on Twitter you can do at uh, Matt's TV Bites uh, that is Matt with two T's I have to say quickly Luke uh, Lauren Jones is now following me uh, on Twitter oh god she just follows anybody um, <laughs> or, you can, <laughs> or you can get a test from me at Luke Custard TV and uh, Lauren didn't this will be the first podcast where we didn't mention Lauren Jones so well done oh, I thought I'd get her in there as I feel like a, a member of the family now Lauren Jones Okay, take care. The the Custard TV podcast is back next week from a... Download this podcast from thecustardtv.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.